and welcome to You, you Need, Need to, to See this. this. This is a bi-weekly film podcast about filling in the gaps of our collective cinematic experience. I'm Luce Tomlin Brenner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Nick Asunto and Cozy Orlin. We are comedians, writers, filmmakers, and diehard film lovers. Um, so listen up. If you've never heard this podcast before, we pretty much follow a little a light framework every week, twice a week, where one of us has either seen the movie, sometimes two of us, but always one of us hasn't seen the movie. So we're trying to convince each other and you, the listener, that this film is worth your time. Cover a little bit of everything, um, art house films, blockbusters, anything that we think is being underappreciated. Try to give it a little love. Um, and because it's Christmas, we're doing Christmassy, wintry types of films. Um, so today we are doing a very Christmassy movie, but it's a Christmas movie that many of you I know have not seen, including Nick and Cozy. You guys have not seen 1988's Prancer. This is true. Not once. Haven't even heard of it. You never heard of it? No. Same. Cozy, you never heard of Prancer? I've never heard of Prancer. Pete, had you heard of Prancer? No. Wow. Nose across the board. Um, well, I was uh, on Twitter today talking about it with like a couple people who had forgotten about it until I was tweeting about it. So I'm really excited to recommend this movie to everyone in podcast land. Um, <laughs> so Prancer was directed by none other than John Hancock, not of the Declaration of Independence, but <laughs> of... 1971 cult horror film let's scare jessica to death oh i don't know that either i immediately leaned towards the microphone because i thought i knew one of the films he directed and i went no i'm thinking of the movie hancock starring john will smith and I wasn't started, that directed by backing up that's actually um as a movie about him i mean oh, I, assu- a, I assumed it was directed biopic. by him and about him makes sense um it's an auto biopic yeah, it is so fucking weird to me. First of all, this Let's Scare Jessica to Death is uh, the movie that scares my mom more than any other movie. And it was like a movie I grew up with hearing mythology around how scary it was. And then when I actually watched it, it wasn't as scary. But sure. uh, the horror community loves this film. It's a really weird, unsettling film. And um, I love that he also made um, this drama, this I guess I would say it's a family drama, except for that, like, it has nothing to do with kids' films as we think of them today. It's a very adult film. Um, and I finally understand the tone, because it's mm. a really weirdly dark, even though it's supposed to be about, like, one of Santa's reindeer. And it makes sense that it was directed by somebody who has a horror background. He also did five episodes of the 80s reboot of The Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. So that's the tone that we're coming in with. It's also written by um, Greg Taylor. This was his first script, but he went on to write both Jumanji's and the terrible Harriet the Spy adaptation, uh, which I know some people like it. I'm not ripping on whether or not the movie is good or if you enjoy it. It is a bad adaptation. I've read the book. I read the book like probably 50 times by the time the movie came out and I was furious as mm. a child. I think it was the first time I was let down by a film adaptation. Aww. And I think that Greta Gerwig should do it next. Was that Michelle Trachtenberg? Is that Trachtenberg? It was, Trachtenberg? yeah. I think that was like her big on, like her debut. And Trachten or Trachten? It's got to be Trachtenberg. Trachten. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Trachtenberg. Of uh, Buffy Pete, fame. And Pete and Pete fame even oh, more. that's right. Oh. I wonder if Pete and Pete was before Harriet the Spy. But to Ooh, all oh, the kids I'm sure I went to high it. school with, of Eurotrip fame. Oh, yes. yeah, Eurotrip also. Oh, um, Michelle Trachtenberg, underrated. 
I don't know if I agree because I haven't seen much. I, That's yeah, fair. I don't know if she is she any good or do we have nostalgic feelings for her? That's a good question. Are you, are you just attracted to Michelle Trachtenberg? Is that what? Trachtenberg. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg. I don't know. I remember her being good in Pete and Pete, but everyone was good in Pete and Pete because Pete and Pete was a good show. I did not like Pete and Pete. Whoa. I know. It's weird. So I, and a lot weird. of Nickelodeon shows, I think, were over my head. I think I was a little too young for That's them. fair to me. When those were happening, like, uh, what's the other one? The famous camp one. Sorry. Hey, dude. Sorry. I still don't want to segue too long. Yeah, that one. I yeah. Like hey, dude either. was filmed in my hometown, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. She most recently is in a TV <laughs> show called Human Kind of, which I truly don't like, but it looks like it is a cartoon. And then she's done a lot of Robot Chicken. Oh, good so that's for what okay. Michelle Trachtenberg is up to, and her IMDb picture is like goth light, which I can get behind. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with underrated. Um. I'm going to go with I'm still not sure about her. Very fair. Yeah, just no point of reference for me. Uh, <laughs> so luckily we don't have to talk anymore about the terrible Harriet the Spy adaptation that she was in. And I do want Greta Gerwig to do it next. Mm. Um, so Prancer, the film we're discussing today, is starring Sam Elliott. What? Wait. Yes. This I sounds knew I familiar. The you moment you it. said that, because I didn't know it was actually about the reindeer. You dropped that. And then you said Sam Elliott. Sorry, and do I you think know I other people trailers. named Prancer other than the reindeer? No, I just thought it was like uh, going to be named after him, but not actually about the reindeer. Does oh. Sam Elliott play a reindeer in this movie? No. no Sam Elliott plays cowboy in every movie. Oh. Uh, good point. Good point. Sam Elliott. In this movie, <laughs> Sam Elliott plays a uh, rural farmer who is the gruffest man you've ever seen whose daughter just wants him to pay attention to her but he can't because they have a failing apple farm oh so he's playing a cowboy no he's playing <laughs> a midwestern rural apple farmer <laughs> uh, you know who else is in this movie cloris leachman what oh. no way is she his wife please tell me nope please say I mean, she's a reindeer uh, listen up one of the <laughs> Five things I love about this movie is the type of character that Cloris Leachman plays. So hang on to your fucking hats because I'm getting there. All right. All right. And then it's also starring as the little girl, Jessica Riggs, the main character, um, Rebecca Harrell Tickle, who you don't know because she was only in a few other very small films after that as a kid. But in the last 10 years, she's made two environmental documentaries. Ooh. One called The Big Fix about the BP oil spill mm -hmm. and another one called Pump, which explores America's relationship to oil and alternative energy solutions for vehicles. Well, God, well, God bless her then. Good, good work. I know. It's amazing. Like her and mm. her uh, husband are like huge environmental activists. So, And she wasn't in that movie about tickling, right? No. Okay. Tickle is a great documentary, though. Mm. Uh, I've heard good things. Highly recommend. I'm not going to watch it. I have a weird thing about tickling. If anybody tickles me, I will kill them. Fair enough. It's more about... <laughs> secret gay porn than it is about tickling ah. um but this is a family movie about <laughs> reindeers so let's get back to prancer um so <laughs> you guys have never heard of this movie before it's sounding familiar the more you're talking about it okay. not for me <laughs> okay so i saw this movie in theaters when it came out mm. and um i think i saw it with my dad but i was like obsessed with it and then when it came out on <laughs> tape i got it and then i watched it constantly and then um my mom thinks that I look that when I was a kid that I looked like the little girl in Prancer and I've always thought that that was wrong because my mom also thinks I look like Drew Barrymore which is not correct um, <laughs> and I just feel like maybe when you have a kid you can't really see them for who they are <laughs> sure I mean now that you're mentioning it I'm seeing a little Drew okay well I mean <laughs> if you must insist then okay I mean my thought is people um, a lot of times never feel like they look like people who other people think they look like 
That's true. Yeah. No one ever likes to be compared. I mean, neat, <laughs> damn it. Yep. Um, I do. Oh. You like to be compared? A little bit. If it's somebody, well, except when I get Ralph Macchio, which I've, <laughs> I've gotten quite a few times. Yeah, that's not a fun no one. No offense to Ralph Macchio. I just don't want to look like you, man. Mm. Um, you have a Ferris Bueller thing about you, but don't have the look. Gotten that before. Yeah, from me. <laughs> no, I got it in college. Like, ah. Oh, okay. But also from me. Well, I own the tape, so I will. I feel like I should have gotten it out so that you could see it ahead of time and tell me if you think that she looks like me or not. Mm, totally. Um, but I showed it to Isaac, my boyfriend, last Christmas, and I was like, this is so dumb. Um my mom thinks I look like one of these characters and then started playing. And he's like, Oh, you mean how you exactly look like this small child? <laughs> um, so now I guess anyways, one of the reasons I love this movie is not because I think I'm in it. Um, <laughs> but that was a big part of my history with this film is that like, I can't watch it with my parents or my mom will spend the entire movie comparing this child to me. And it's a lot. Hmm. Um, Why can't you be more like her? Um, <gasps> this, this kid is, this kid's great. Okay, so Sorry. we're going to get into the synopsis of uh, Prancer. Here it goes. You all ready for this? Yes. Kick it. <laughs> Thank you. So this movie is about a little girl who is weird and eccentric, but that is not like, it is not Hollywood eccentric. It is a little girl who is... Um, a part of a town that is inflicted by like rural poverty and she just so badly she the whole family her and her dad Sam Elliott and her older brother cool uh fucking rider strong 90s boy haircut <laughs> older brother are they're all kind of recovering from the grief of like losing their mom which oh. you never really get fully into but uh through dialogue it gets hinted at shit was not her time to go um, and so the whole family is affected by it kind of differently. And they're also affected by the fact that they have an apple farm that's not doing great. And they're it's clearly in decline. Um, so uh, at, she's like so obsessed with Christmas. She's kind of pouring all of her grief into like Christmas obsession. Mm. And uh, one day walking home from school with her best friend, the like really cool old like plastic blow blowout um, uh Christmas decorations you guys know what I'm talking about it's like the hard plastic decorations that people put in their yard sometimes like a glowing Santa Claus yeah blow mold that's oh, what I they're called that. I've oh, never, never heard that, that phrase yeah. that may be less familiar with it but yeah no I know what you're talking <laughs> I love, about I feel like I do that all the time to you cozy it's pretty great like I'm like oh here's the specificity and then you're like no I'm colder like, no, colder no, no I've definitely never <laughs> heard like, of that because cozy knows things on that surface level like yeah I've seen that thing but I haven't picked one like, up and read about it yeah. my description of something <laughs> will always be better than when I actually tell cozy what something is I mostly just drift into things um, and then away from I them <laughs> so I will, just coasting through life I'm yeah. just I'm sorry that this is bad podcasting but I need to show you what I'm talking about so these are blow molds yeah that's what we're talking about okay I'll put a picture of them up that's cool we recognized it until you said the name we were like yeah yeah those are definitely it but we didn't know they were called that the only reason I harp on it is because I need you to visualize a small like rural center town with like these reindeer being like strung up in their town square and Uh, that being like the biggest decoration oh sure I have a very visual memory and that reminds (laughs) me of the grove Yes, so the Grove, but like, uh, like a thousand dollars instead of like six billion dollars. Makes sense. Um, so she, they're walking through the town square, and one of the reindeer falls and like almost hits this car, and this car veers and almost hits these girls, and they're like, ah. And Jessica, our main character, races towards the reindeer, and she's like, oh my god, no, it's Prancer, and she knows it's Prancer because she has this like 
thing, this like picture <laughs> of the reindeer, and she like fuck, she is honing in on these fucking deer, right? She needs joy in her life, sure. so she's like, this one has a little spot on it, like the reindeer that's hanging up in my bedroom, and her friend is like, whatever, Jessica, like <laughs> does not give a fuck a fuck about it. <laughs> so like later. She's with her dad and they're in the car and they're arguing because the dad is poor and sad and Jessica just wants attention and he doesn't give it to her. And they almost hit a reindeer. And like she runs into this reindeer like later because she goes looking for him and then she sees it has spots like Prancer. And so this whole thing is like Prancer falls out of the sky through this mm. blow mold. She's obsessed with this reindeer. She thinks it's Prancer. Everyone is like, you're fucking nuts. And she turns her whole life upside down to try to deliver, to take care of this deer and then like deliver it, quote unquote, back to Santa Claus oh. with no one on her side. Interesting. And I don't mean in like a family movie like, oh, cute little girl. I mean, this is a town full of poor, angry people and this mm. girl is hassling them with mm. her joy. This sounds very familiar now. Like, okay. I might have I might have seen it as a child. Interesting. Right, cool. Um, so that's the synopsis. It was a long one, but I wanted you to understand the particularities of this girl's plight because I know that you guys are not big Christmassy people, and I also don't like things that are saccharine. But this is like, it is not like Christmas movies that you've seen or you've heard about. Mm. Okay. So my number one of my five reasons why I like this film is that. I do like a good Christmas story, like a Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. Are you guys Charles Dickens fans? Yeah, I like a Christmas. Uh, I like a Christmas Carol. I like the Muppet Christmas Carol. I like Scrooge. I, I love both of those. I movies. like. The, I love the story because that to me is like that's why I hate, like you know, I hate Christmas. I hate Christmas because it's not that anymore, and it hasn't been that. I see it in movies all the time, but I don't see it in reality ever. Yes, that's my my beef is that we live in a society where it's just like ah money 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 trample everybody on black friday kill each other for these toys mm. oh my god and oh, i hate it it's i'm like, going to touch on that and some of my other reasons nick thank perfect. you <laughs> cozy do you have uh, any love for a christmas carol yeah, i like the muppet one i i the original i like the framework of it mm. that's okay, like great. a fine framework you know makes sense to me yes so that framework what i love about a christmas carol um is that it honors the simple belief that people can change and i think all mm. the best christmas movies hinge on that and um this is a movie about a family struggling with rural poverty and grief and it acknowledges that through this really amazing line that sam elliott says towards the end and this isn't a spoiler at all it's a no spoiler podcast um but it's a really important piece of dialogue that i want to share because i think it encapsulates a lot of the tone and he says to his daughter towards the end jesse i can't tell you that everything is going to be all right i wish i could but i know things are always going to be hard mm. and like it's just i don't know it like gives me chills because it's like in so many movies especially christmas movies it's like now things are solved it, it sounds like a beautiful and sad line um can you deliver it again doing your best <laughs> not doing your best sham elliot jesse <laughs> yes I can't tell you everything's going to be all right. <laughs> I am loving it. I wish I could. But I know things are always going to be hard around here. Perfect. Oh, do you have a, can you do a Cloris Leachman of it? Can you do a Cloris Leachman of it? You have to do Frau Blucka doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so... I like that no no point in this film does it try to smaltz up that idea mm. that things are ever going to be easier or better for this family. Um, yet it holds space for Elliot's gruff and closed off father character to see that he's been ignoring his daughter's needs throughout this film. Mm. And I think that this film 
uses its Christmas themes to honor the ability that we all have to change and be better people to those in our lives that we take for granted. And that isn't, I'm not saying this because that is the like button theme of this film because I actually don't necessarily think it's a major film, major theme, but I think it's a major success Hmm. of the film. Okay, the number two (laughs) thing that I love about this movie is that it is about a true rural town where everyone actually appears to be like poor and truly middle class, not modern family middle class, which is actually extremely wealthy. Uh, It drives me crazy that Modern Family, which is a show I do think is funny, but is always portrayed as like, look at how we are living in Larchmont Village, clearly extremely rich area of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I don't watch it because every time I see like a commercial for you actually meant the show modern family right i thought you're talking about just modern family yeah i had a moment oh, in no, that I and then the i went show no, modern yeah yeah i don't watch it because they look they don't look like a modern family at all they look like they're doing fine but that's like so many tv shows i was talking about this on twitter today it's like when i when i was growing up i loved watching uh i know it uh, we know now that Roseanne is problematic, but as a kid, Roseanne was like one of the most progressive shows on television because it actually every episode they were talking about how hard it was to like keep a job or like have money to pay. the. They were like always talking about bills, which is truly uh, people's lived experiences. No one ever really talks about money mm-hmm. on TV. And I think it creates this idea that a lot of people who have money think that there really aren't that many problems and that homeless people are homeless because they did something right, wrong. Right, right, right. Um, all of that to say, I really love seeing an accurate portrayal of truly working class and middle class people. And this movie reminds me a lot of like the Rust Belt town that I grew up in, where a lot of industry left and a lot of people are still struggling. Mm. Um, not The clothes aren't flashy. It also doesn't feel like they're doing like weird poverty porn. It just looks, they look like extremely real people. And the actors look like they maybe were from wherever this was filmed. Um, and I like that a lot too. I like when actors don't feel actory. Mm, yeah. Sam Elliott really blends in well. <laughs> you you got to do a lot of work to make Sam Elliott blend in, too. That's because he, he looks he like he stands a... out in so many things because he's great. Everyone else has big mustaches, right? <laughs> yeah, know... they put all the kids have mustaches in this town. <laughs> it's just a normal thing in this town. I mean, you guys didn't know that about the Rust Belt, is we all have mustaches. I assumed that yours was like part of it, but I didn't know everyone had it. <laughs> this is a Rust Belt thing, <laughs> not a fashion choice. <laughs> uh, okay, the number three thing that I love about this is that I touched on this a little bit in my synopsis, but the main character, uh, Jesse, is so freaking cute and so eccentric, but it's not traditional. She says a lot of like non sequiturs like her dad will yell at her and then she'll just be like but dad prancer (laughs) and she like she she has a single-minded focus that it's not bad writing it's truly a child who is also on the brink and experiencing grief in a different way than her father and cannot give over to his Mm. he's not cruel he's not like an abusive father but he's he's cold and he's clearly grieving his dead wife by cutting off his children yeah it sounds like this sounds like very realistic portrayal that he's distant because of the loss and she's hyper focused on something that distracts her from the loss yeah that that sounds like a normal thing that family adult the adult would go through that and the child would go through that sure sounds legit it might have already been distant because dads are distant sometimes and that's a dad thing especially you know in sort of a farmer sort of situation it's like yeah it happens yeah yeah exactly it does feel like a dad thing like a real dad thing yeah not like cartoonish you Mm. know so many family and kids movies i feel like parents are so cartoonish they're either like really sexy or they're like evil yeah or they're just written 
They're just bored, flat, written. Or they're just like, I'm here and it's exciting. Isn't that true, kids? Yes. Elbow, elbow, elbow. And then they right. And it's like, no, this isn't real at all. Yes. Yes, exactly. So while so when she's confronted with the gruffness of her dad, she says like bizarre non sequiturs that really are like the things that kids say. When you talk to kids, they never answer your questions or reply the way they're supposed to. They oh, always yeah, bring something great. else up. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and she... Uh, I, I really just love how much she loves this reindeer. And I really feel like there's like a strong animal rights like undercurrent to this movie also because she the like love that she has for this animal and like how hard she works for everybody to see that like they have to help this animal regardless of whether or not it's Santa's reindeer. Um, it really touches me. I like it a lot. Um, number four is Cloris Leachman plays an old crone who lives in a cluttered, drafty, falling down mansion and actually runs out onto her porch at one point to yell at the kids to get off her lawn. Perfect. I love Cloris Leachman. It's amazing. She, she wears great. these like Miss Haversham like big dresses and she's just like a ton of, it's like exactly who I want. I want to be the woman she is in this movie when I'm old. It's like a ton of makeup, but her face is like very clearly like lined and aged and she has like dyed red hair that's like really frizzy and chaotic. <laughs> she is a witch. This, mm. it, it legitimately sounds like they were filming this movie and it was accidentally in Cloris Leachman <laughs> town yes. and she's just like <laughs> running outside and yelling at the people like during scenes like this is what i'm picturing oh my god nick yes 100 <laughs> percent. and her character has a really nice arc in it too that has we were t- earlier um we were talking about home alone and like one of the themes being that uh not all old people are scary oh right <laughs> just yeah that way when you're a kid mm. and this kind of has a similar arc but even so she's a little more complicatedly drawn than the character in Home Alone. Okay. Um, and then number five reason that I love this movie is that there is no actual magic in this movie. It doesn't have like the elf kind of, obviously elf is a very heightened comedy, but it doesn't have that like, and Christmas magic will save the day. Mm. Um, it's just a little girl trying to save a reindeer's life. And it's legit heartwarming because of like the passion that the all the characters kind of put into it. And like just trying to, sort of that this girl sort of single-handedly pulls her family back together while trying to like uh indirectly does that while she's trying to save this reindeer it's it really makes you feel good like it's very (laughs) positive but not in the way where it's like we're trying to be positive Mm. um no one's buying gifts uh there's no commercialism at all um i mean in fact the family has like no money and there's no manipulative lines of dialogue about saving Christmas. It's basically everything that Christmas should be and could aim to be like the best version of Christmas. Like what we all think it should be about being the best version of yourself and helping people and looking out for less fortunate and uh, being there for your neighbors. Okay. Um, You're hooking me on this. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so positive that all the things that you were saying, Nick, about the reasons you have problems with Christmas is that you don't see people acting the way in which our culture dictates. Um, this made me feel like real people can be like this instead of that real people aren't like this. I was like, you know what? They are just not in Los Angeles. <laughs> hmm. um, so those are my these are five things. What do you guys think? Have I convinced you? Because you want to kick it off? Uh, can I kick it? You can kick it. Yes, I can. Okay, cool. I forgot how the song goes. That's okay. That's you guys fine. did it. Because I was pictured just somebody walking around going, "Can I kick it?" And then, <laughs> uh, like a group of people going, "Like, 
no, they can't. Heads like no, no one well, can kick can, it. You're not allowed to kick it. And then he gets to the next thing, like, can I kick this one? And they're like, no, not that one. And then he finally gets to something like, yeah, that one. You can kick that. Yeah, they're like, not my fine porcelain collectibles, please. This is old can. Okay, so this sounds like this sounds like a movie that you clearly like a lot. <laughs> You're a big fan of. Um, did did that come through? You know, it really did. A hundred percent. But did you hear the reasons why she liked it a lot? I did hear the reasons why she liked it a lot. Uh, I would say that this is the type of movie that I like. I wouldn't seek out, but I bet I would like if I saw. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like as an as an adult, I don't feel myself necessarily looking for a heartwarming movie like that. Oh, that but makes I sense. But I bet that if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, the emotions are getting me in ways that are real and realistic. So yeah, I would see it on that level. I do feel like when we, this is, it's such a different movie from me and you and everyone you know. Oh yeah. But the thing that you and I really connected over, what we loved about that movie was the rawness of the emotions. Oh yeah, 100%. And I actually feel like even though this is um, very narrative, not an art film, um, there's no Miranda July, the people... (laughs) The main character is like a mini Miranda July and her like demand to connect with people in ways that this town is not ready for. I, that sounds cool. I forgot to tell you guys. I watched me and you and everyone we know and I forgot to tell you that. Oh, uh, so. yeah. We forgot to talk about that. Uh, okay. Should I save it or should I just tell you really quick? Let's talk about it at the end of the episode. All right. Let's sounds do good. that. That's great memory, though. I'm glad I brought it up. Same. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, triggering that. I love memory. finding connections that are like, this movie is nothing like it. But there <laughs> is sort of, I could draw a line. I could do a, like the crazy Charlie Day uh, oh, yeah, like a cord. Oh, yeah, like a board thing. Yeah, yeah court from board, me yeah. and you to Prancer. That's impressive. Nick, what do you feel? Uh, this VHS looks very familiar. I'm telling you, this this movie, I might have seen this, but I can't, I can't remember it. So, yeah, 1989. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So I would have been a little baby boy um, <laughs> um wow. it is also streaming on amazon right now oh so i have that for a month because i was ordering some stuff and it was cheaper to get it for a month than to pay the delivery fee on all those things amazing oh, that's how they hook you. uh yeah all i always remember to cancel but you want to no, see it what's good. the deal you want to uh, see yeah, it you're yeah really i really loved us. no yeah it's, i thought it's you were really, this sounds like a really <laughs> sweet moving movie <laughs> did i say that right sweet moving movie yeah sweet moving yeah. movie Nick, uh, I honestly feel like this could pull you out of the Grinch hole a little bit. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's not a Grinch. My mom calls me the Grinch, too. Every She's like, you're going to be such a Grinch. And I'm, I'm like, so sorry. I do not want to. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not a Grinch. I want, like, if we were doing Christmas every year, like, I don't like, I don't like receiving gifts for myself. I feel shitty about it. But I do always feel bad for, like, if I don't get somebody something, too. And I, I hate being stuck in that mindset of, like, Giving people th- shit they don't need. I want to like if we got together and we're like, oh my god, let's send a bunch of gifts to some people who really need it and stuff. That's like the kind of thing that sounds more nice to me and that I could get behind. And it's like, yeah, wow, I'm the- like a polar opposite of that. <laughs> I'm a monster. You're not a monster. It's just that's the lifestyle that I. It just just doesn't fit with me. I that's do want to clarify. I didn't say or think that you are a Grinch. I said you were a little bit in the Grinch hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is different than being a Grinch. I mean, I am a. I am a. I do live. A, I like to be alone. Is the Grinch hole similar to the sunken place? Um. Ooh. I hope not. A little bit. Because <laughs> then that would hurt more. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. No, I feel like uh, all of your apathy and also critiques of Christmas are 100 percent right um and I think that this will warm you in the way that you need to experience the Christmas season more on your level you did it Luce 
you did it. You this whole master plan of creating a podcast just to get me to like Christmas again, and then like <laughs> going multiple episodes deep just to change yeah. my feelings. It is hard. Grew three is sizes. You have that to trick day. me into therapy. I'm st- I'm stubborn. You have to trick me into therapy. I get it. We're on a couch right no, now. I do want to watch it. This sounds really nice. Sounds like a nice sweet. I mean, film. listen. I would watch it with you. I would. I I think I would watch this movie almost every day. I do love this you movie, little... Cozy. You nailed it. That's what I figured. But listen, I think that everyone will love this movie. I think nice. if you watched it as a kid and you liked it, if you revisit it now, you'd be like, I can't believe I watched this extremely serious <laughs> drama as a kid. Because dramas aren't, like, I think it's PG, maybe even it's G. It's G. And that's the thing. So they made, I remember, like, these moving emotional G, PG movies when I was a kid. They don't, you're right. They don't do that they shit don't anymore. Exist. It's There's too much of a, um, a like, either... a, a worry about traumatizing children. I yeah, think. but children are smart. Could you give us some examples of those movies? Because I'm trying to remember those. I mean, those. E.T. is one of the most heartbreaking films and one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. and it's also scary it's and sc- like, oh my deals God, with terrifying. a lot of intense emotional oh, stuff. I had okay. recurring nightmares about that as a kid because yeah. of like the, uh, when E.T., uh, when the, the cornfield scene, which now looking back is hilarious to me, but... I also it also inspires a lot of my writing, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, you're good. I also think a lot of the Don, like all of Don Bluth's oh. like animation. Mm. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really interesting because especially in the '80s, that was when uh, Disney was at their lowest, when they had made the least amount of money, and they were actually almost about to totally fall apart before wow. they got the new guy who's been crazy marketing them who came up with the vault um mm. but before the vault became a thing, Disney really wasn't making that much in the '80s, and huh. their movies weren't really doing very well interesting so don blue sort of like slid in and made all these like super hyper complex like emotional scary intense films about grief hmm. i just remembered two more um old yeller and oh, sure. uh, where that, the red fern grows where the red fern grows fucked me up as a kid yep, i don't think i've here. seen either of those Did have you, you read, read it? it no <laughs> I read, I, we had to read where the red fern grows in sixth grade and yeah, I had nightmares about it because it's grade. about a child falling on an axe and all of his guts coming out oh i super don't know that one wow yeah it's not about that that's a scene that happened oh yeah i didn't remember that Jesus. i just remember the heartbreaking ending is all i remember no there's a the like boy who hassles him the whole time falls <gasps> oh on the you're axe, right oh my and god he talks about his intestines yes. coming out wow oh, I, yeah it was the scariest G. thing i'd ever read <laughs> that part's not G. in the movie <laughs> Interesting. Um, also, what's that one like? Flight of the Navigators, and that one kind of never serious? saw it, but that one. Looks oh cool. yeah, that's a pretty good. Uh, that one's trippy. Uh, I need to rewatch that. Actually, it's been a while. I do love Matthew Broderick very much. He's not in it. What am I thinking of? Who's the kid in that? Um, I honestly don't, don't know. I don't know. think he's any. What are you thinking of? I know, I think I know. It's another. There's movie. something. It's something about flight and space. It's like the space one, right? Where he's like a good a kid, good at playing video games or something. Maybe is oh, that what I'm thinking that of? Fred Savage. That's uh, the last Starfighter. That might be oh, what I'm yeah. thinking. Not Matthew Broderick, though. Right. What, well, he was in War Games. Yes, that's what War Games. Yeah, these are like, all movies I've never. These are all movies I've never seen. I know too many references and no actual movie. Willow. That movie was. Kind, I mean, that was like a fantasy. Yeah, movie. I mean, that's that a George Lucas creation. Stuff if it's fantasy, I suppose. PG. But, that was PG. Yeah, that was PG. Yeah. That was like very intense. Never saw it. Um, I don't know the Princess Bride. I feel like there's a ton of fantasies in the eighties that were like that one's a little more comedy based, but there's some really serious stuff in it. Sure. Um, But yeah, I I really want there to be more movies like this. Yeah. Because kids are smart, and I don't like that we pander to them. Yeah, I I think the Princess Bride. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the 
I feel like on some level, Pixar movies go deep into emotions and do a good they job do, with yeah. that. And there's, to me, kind of feel like the main kids' movies. Like, I already know Onward is going to break my heart. Sure, yeah. Is that the new Pixar movie? Yeah, they just dropped the second trailer today. Yeah, that's is that the one with the, the, the fantasy and the vans and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that looks better now that I saw the, the new trailer. I was like, I get it more. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. Ooh, I'm yeah. not up on... Uh, Disney, but I do always watch Pixar movies because of sure. what you were saying. That yeah. They are always really smart. Um, yeah, they're not about selling toys. Yeah, they're sad. It's great. They're about selling a good story that helps a kid grow. I know. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see Inside Out? Yep. I've that seen them all. slayed me. I was not as affected by that as everybody else was. Wow. See, I feel like that one's the darkest one. Yeah. That's, that's the... I don't know what happened with me. I, I just <laughs> is that the first PG one? I think it might have been the first one they moved to PG or oh, something really? like that. Or there's one of them that is. Maybe. Yeah, the something about the um the the uh what's it called? The character, the um the imaginary friend thing that killed everybody. It oh, didn't yeah. do it for me. Bing I was bong. just like Yeah, Bing Bong yeah, or whatever. I was kind. Like, yeah, I didn't dislike it at all. I thought it was fine. Um it just didn't hit me the way it hit a lot of people. I get you. Yeah, happens. Same with like uh Boyhood. Like Boyhood didn't hit me the way it hit a lot of people. Where it was like, oh god, I connect so much to oh, this. Oh yeah, like, I didn't connect to it, but I liked it. That yeah, exactly. Weird. That's how I felt with Inside Out. It was like I didn't have the child experience that was required for this. Interesting. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, one of those. Yes, I. That's like a very. I didn't have the childhood experience that's required for this feeling. That's what it comes down that's to. That's a well said, cozy. Thank you. Um. Well, you guys, did you have the childhood experience that is uh, required for enjoying Prancer? I hope not. <laughs> Let yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Well, hey, if you're like me and you grew up in um, a town that is uh, rural or affected by uh, the economy, (laughs) uh, let us know. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think about Prancer. Mm -hmm. Um, If you would watch it again, if you haven't seen it, um, please let us know about any other like serious like G rated children's (laughs) film. War of the Buttons is another one that comes to mind. Oh, I don't know that one at all. I think you would like it. I think it might be British. Oh, that sounds right for Buttons. Um,. The most British accessory. Yeah, the War of the Buttons sounds so British for some reason. Um, yeah, so hit us up on Twitter. We're Need to See Pod. And then on Instagram, where you need to see this pod. And then we also have a Facebook page that you can like and a Facebook group that you can join and uh, have discussions with us about films. And um, also, what did you guys see this week that we can recommend to people? Oh, did you want... I watched... Uh the Miranda July movie. <gasps> you watched me and you and everyone we know yeah. as per me and Cozy's request. You 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 both you talked me into it. <laughs> and now it just wasn't for me. I'm you so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I did not like Ooh, it. I want to hear more. I'm curious why because I had some guesses while we were doing the episode why it might not appeal to you. There's a few things that were just a little too like awkward to the point of like i felt like the they cringiness were tr- for you well i felt like there it was forced cringiness oh, like i was like oh you're yeah. having this grown woman kiss a child on the lips right. and it was very i was like why are you doing this just to be shocking and it was weird right. uh to me that that was in there and also sure. like there's a lot of like creepy sexualness to it surrounding the main plot line that i, I just it made me mm. uncomfortable That's and fair. then just like the dialogue like you guys even you said it to me it's like they say weird things and i was like yeah they do they say <laughs> weird things and so I could, there wasn't really a story that i was the story i, I texted thing, yeah. you guys while i was like i understood that she was trying to like showcase the uh the beauty and the weird yeah of like life in general but oh, to me 100%. i was just like no this is just weird <laughs> interesting wait did the goldfish scene get you 
No. Really? I thought it was. I was like, oh yeah, the goldfish is on the car. What? What? Is, oh, what is this? I'm oh. very surprised. Was, was there like a metaphor to it? I no, couldn't there's drink. no meta. It's like the. It's like the. The grief in everyday life. Oh, there's a hundred percent a metaphor for it. <laughs> I mean, or yeah, like we're all stuck on the fucking hood of a car, and like oh, who see, knows what's gonna I happen. Read it like yeah, that. yeah, we're all just poised. Yeah, they're saying this was a more pessimistic so film happening. than it seemed to be on the surface level. Ooh, there's some stuff. I mean, I just love the tension of when I first saw it. The tension of that moment killed me, where I was like, oh my god, this is a thing that could happen. I'm so worried for this goldfish. Yeah, I've been stressed when I see people driving with a drink on their. Yeah. I get so worked up if oh, I can't like help somebody who I know things the moment where you're like things are about to go terribly wrong I could help because I see it but I can't help because there's a barrier to me helping and just being stuck in that moment I guess what ruined that for me though is that the what they're saying during the scene I was like this doesn't seem serious to them they're just saying these things like like, oh my god this like it felt like it took away the realism of the situation through the the, the unreal dialogue I get it is what I was feeling and I know know the dialogue was aiming for that like over that overt truthfulness but I was like Nobody talks like that. There's this doesn't feel real. <laughs> the stakes don't but, feel real. I'm watching a movie, so I therefore mm, interesting. I know I'm a. Don't you like um you like Wes Anderson films though, don't you? I like most of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fair. I don't yeah, like. There's like two of them that are extremely racially problematic. Oh, yeah. Yes, I hate Isle of the Dogs. It pisses sure. me off so much because they dub all of the Japanese it's, actors, yeah. and he uh. makes a mockery of Kurosawa films. I'm a huge Kurosawa nut. Ooh. Yes. Um. But yeah, I sorry. agreed. And um, the but one Grand Budapest Hotel is a masterpiece. Sorry. I love Grand Budapest. That's a great Hotel. one. And uh, the the Darjeeling Limited, where it's like three yeah, white boys and a white was... mom having a spiritual experience That's in like India. The, the... That one did hit me hard because it's um, emotionally just because about like having brothers, brothers and oh, having like a rough right, right, relationship. Right. I like brothers. the family stuff between it, but I find it just like Isle of, of Dogs, which I think could have been interesting if it would have taken place off the coast of New York. Sure. That like a bunch of white people going to India to have a spiritual experience. I'm like, this sucks. This could have been so much better if yeah. they were just going to like, I don't know, even going to Coney a meditative Island. retreat in mm, California and Hawaii. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Anyways, yeah, um, I like Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, yeah, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom, Kingdom is, is delightful. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree that Moonrise Kingdom is perfect. a perfect film. So glad. Um, let us know what you think about Moonrise Kingdom, um, <laughs> Prancer, yeah. me and you and everyone we know, and any other film that we discussed on uh, this episode of You, you Need, Need to, to See this. this. Thank you to Pete. Thank you to you. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays.